Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Hey, guys. I am so excited for the interview we have today. So I'm interviewing an old teammate of mine that uh, served with me overseas. I have known that she was doing some cool discipleship things the last couple years, but I haven't really had a chance to catch up. And so I invited her on the podcast, and it was just a great interview. And one of the things, the most awesome thing, and you can see it in the title of this episode, when I was asking, how many people are involved in discipleship in your church? I find out that about 85% of the people are involved in a one-on-one discipleship relationship. And I know I talk to a lot of people all over the place. And so if you are one of those people and you think, man, how can I get my church to be doing more disciple-making? How can we be doing this? This will be a great episode to listen to and maybe a great episode to get in touch with her and her church and see what they're doing. So with no further ado, here is Brooke Harney. Okay, uh, welcome to the Deep Water Podcast. I'm so excited. Uh, to have you with us today, uh, give me give me just a little bit. Give I know you. Give our audience yeah. a little background uh, on who you are and how you came to be where you are today. Yeah, my name is Brooke Harney, and I actually met you, James, at Oklahoma State University uh-huh. <laughs> way way back when. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and we got to go. Um, I think we believe we were both on our first trip to East Asia together. Well, yep. same, same group, different teams, but same group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to see you then. And then uh, I ended up going back over to East Asia for two years to do um, teach English. And then you were over there as well yeah. on my team. So yeah, we got to, we got to um, do yeah. some work together over there. So yeah, that's how memory. we, that's how we know each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, what brought me to where I'm at now, uh, after I got back from East Asia, I attended Southwestern Seminary, got a master's degree in missiology, which, um, you know, uh, (laughs) I decided that's what I wanted to do with my life because it's hard to have a secular job with a missiology degree. (laughs) So I looked into, I came on a trip to San Francisco area and just fell in love with the diversity especially after living in east asia i was just like i just want to be in a place that's very diverse and so came out here loved it started working in the church planting world um worked with north american mission board for a while and then i started working at a um you know a a religious organization that worked with churches in the area and now i'm currently uh working at a church that is getting ready to turn six years old in september And I, yeah, and I am their director of discipleship um, at the church. Okay, excellent. So was this, was this the church that you were a part of, like during your tenure with these different, other different organizations and stuff? No, actually, um, when I was part of the other organizations, I was part of the house church. Okay. And yeah, and so it was really great. I got to experience a lot of different kinds of churches because I would go around on Sundays as well and visit some of the church plants and so just experience a wide variety of mm-hmm. how people do church and and their methods behind it and uh, eventually that house church kind of people started moving out of the state and just didn't have any people in it anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, to have a house church. Um, 
house. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided, and just because I was like, I just need something um, that I could invest more of my ministry into and more of my calling into, went and tried to find a different place to to worship. And I recall uh, visiting my literature education now, it's called The Movement. And I recall visiting and thinking, oh, this is kind of cool, you know? And mm-hmm. so went back there and just knew pretty much from the right away that this is where God was calling me, jumped mm-hmm. right in at a, at a really crucial time in the church. They had just lost uh, one of their pastors. And so just having a seminary degree, there's four of us that came from seminary. And so pastor was super excited and we got to jump right in and start serving and then just yeah, haven't, haven't come up for us since just been yeah. down, you know, down in the ministry doing that. So, yeah. And I heard, I, I, I think he's your senior pastor, the one that did your wedding. Yes, yes. Okay, and he seemed he seemed really cool, really dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah. How? Tell me a, a little bit as as we move into like, so what in the world do you do as the director, mm-hmm. or master of discipleship, or whatever, whatever specific yeah. title? How, how like how? It's six years old, almost six. How big? Yeah. How many people are we talking? What's what? What is your church like? Yeah. So our church, uh, we average about 130 on Sundays. We have about 90 members, and right now we have about 100 people in one-on-one discipleship relationships. Whoa. Okay, um, so you're like 80, yeah, 90 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. which is really great. Um, okay. We consider discipleship our secret sauce. Okay, and especially one-on intentional one-on-one discipleship, which is okay. what um, when I came on board, we just started that. Like they they hired me. Well. Pardon me. I, I worked for free for a while. Um, uh, <laughs> I came on board to really get the process up and going and get our discipleship up and going because we were like, uh, the tagline of our church is a, move, a movement of disciple making disciples. And we decided uh, okay. if we're going to actually do that, we need to have people that actually make disciples. <laughs> and so help. how do you do that? Yeah. So, so, we got, so how many, how long had the church been going on when you jumped in? Yep. In a tagline, so, were they already trying it? How did we transition yeah. to like 85? Yeah, so 90%? That, that's been the tagline from the beginning as is, is a movement of disciples making disciples. And um, when I started attending, um, it was about the church was about two years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, I came on staff um, almost three years ago now, so okay. about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of when we're like, we need to get serious about this discipleship thing. Like, what are we going to do? You know, can't just say we're going to do discipleship. We actually have to have a plan to do discipleship. Yeah, and so, helps. yeah. <laughs> so, so we kind so of at, just work together into that. Okay. At that point in time, uh, what did discipleship, when you started, what did discipleship, mm-hmm. disciple making look like in your church? Mm-hmm. Who all was doing it? Yeah. Who, so... Honestly, like we just went around, so a group of us met that were kind of some of the core people of the church. And we just talked about how many of us have actually made disciples. And a lot of us were like, well, maybe, maybe I've made a disciple. We don't really mm-hmm. know what a disciple looks like. <laughs> what does a right. disciple look like? We don't know. Uh-huh. Um, and for, you know, a lot of us, you know, me included, like growing, even growing up in church, I don't think I'd ever been discipled. Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously by my parents and you know, going to Sunday school and church, but I had never had a one-on-one discipleship relationship with mm-hmm. someone that was investing in me, mm-hmm. teaching me to obey and teaching me to be like Jesus. And so uh-huh. um, we just looked at that and figured out, let's, let's figure out how to do that. Let's figure out how to teach people how to do that. Okay. 
And so how did you, so you went from like, you grew up, your parents discipled you, but maybe not intentionally yep. from any other avenue to, mm -hmm. so how, how did you figure out what you know? Uh, you were, you served overseas, you were yep. you a seminary degree. Did you learn any of that there? Was that, did you get your? Honestly, um, I mean, I think I had a view of what discipleship was like overseas because, you mm -hmm. know, um, you know, you meet people and, I was um, fortunate to get to disciple a few people. It's just hard when it's in a different language. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit some, harder. <laughs> add some issues. Um, yep. <laughs> so that makes it a little bit harder. But, um, and even in seminary, I think I was just in this little bubble, you know, like seminary oh. bubble. And mm -hmm. even then I felt uh, that I didn't, I, it, it was me too. Like I worked with people who weren't believers and, and, and I just didn't know how to do it. You know, like, it's just different context. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. I know how mm -hmm. to tell people about Jesus, uh, but I don't know how to help teach them. Like, uh -huh. you know, where do I just, where do I start? What do I do? Mm -hmm. And so really just, you know, developing that and learning that. And, um, okay. So how did you, sitting develop, down. yeah. How did you develop that? Yeah. How did y'all develop that? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a team effort. Uh -huh. <laughs> we definitely just had a team of people that just came together and, we're just wondering like how, yeah, how can we make this something that's reproducible? Because if we're going to be a movement of people making disciples, then we need to make this where people don't, any, that where anyone can do it. Uh -huh. And so we just sat down and we're like, what are some things we really, you know, what's, what is discipleship? And we're like, it's making people be like Jesus. And you do that through obedience. Uh -huh. You know, the great commission says teaching them to obey. Right, so right. how do you teach people to obey? So we just kind of came up with a format, like simple things that we wanted people to do. And we sat down and it was, it's not even new. Like we just used, someone wrote like a stories of Jesus, like seven, there's seven stories of Jesus okay. and there's eight commands of Christ. We got it off the internet, I think. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're like, hope, Oh, this is hope a you great, like, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, this is a great, um, you know, overview of who Jesus is. And if people go through these stories, they're going to know who Jesus is. If uh -huh. they go through the commands of Christ, they're going to know how to be a Christian. Uh -huh. These are things that Jesus commands us to do. And these are things we're called to do as Christians. And so if they do these things, they're going to know. And we put that together and then we're like, okay, so now what do people do? And we're like, well, we need to, they need to read the Bible. They need mm -hmm. to pray and they need to obey. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you make disciples. <laughs> and so, we just put that. We just made it simple. We're like, you're going to read, you're going to pray, you're going to obey uh -huh. and you're going to make sure you read the Bible, uh -huh. you know, when you're in, like, don't just, it's not mentorship. It's not like sit down. Let me tell you your problems. Like, I mean, that's building a relationship part of it. We're like, if you're not in the scripture, then yeah. you're not teaching people to be like Jesus. <laughs> right. Right. I think you so, got to have them both. Like if you yes. have some Bible, but you don't have any relationship, then I don't know if you're yeah. aware. And if yeah. all we have is a relationship, but we have no Bible, James's wisdom won't get you very far. And I assume Brooke exactly, no, for sure won't, for sure won't. And so we just have a simple system where the people get together, they meet, and they go through read, pray, obey, and they go through the, the you know the fifteen stories. And even people who have been believers, like myself, who have gone through the stories multiple times now, because I've been able to disciple multiple people now, I mm -hmm. get to learn something every time because we just right. ask questions. You know, like what does it say about God? What does it say about us? You know, what are we going to do about it? How can I apply this to my life right now? And uh -huh. every time there's something new. And so 
Um, we actually have people who, um, one guy who's in the Air Force, and he was discipled by one of the guys in our church, and he was like, he became a believer in the process of the discipleship. Mm -hmm. And he, in turn, is now discipling someone at his work. He's not even part of our church because he's like, mm -hmm. I mean, I went through all these stories, and I can go all, through all these stories with someone else. And in that process, I'm teaching them to be like Jesus, you know, like, uh -huh. so he can, he says, I mean, he's like, I can say I've made a disciple, you uh -huh. know, and we've just had so many people now who can say I've made a disciple because I see God has changed their life because they're uh -huh. obeying God. Uh-huh. Okay. Two part question. One, mm -hmm. uh, how do you know when you've made a disciple? Two, what do you do after <laughs> you went through these 15, seven yeah. stories and eight commands? Or does yep. that automatically mean they're, they're, they're now a disciple? You know, like how do you yeah. do that? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, we, we say that um, everyone, we kind of look at it as like, it's not the, that going through the 15 stories does not make you a mature Christian. It doesn't make you like a disciple, but it does. Obedience is what helps you mature in your faith. And obedience mm -hmm. is what helps you. <laughs> and so, you know, if we if we see someone who is like obeying God and every time we're meeting, they're like, yeah, like, what was the last thing God told you to do? God told me that I really needed to, you know, that I really needed to stop smoking. Okay, did you? Yeah, I did. You know, like, yeah. okay, that's awesome. You know, uh -huh. God told me I really needed to tell this person about Jesus. Okay. Did you? Yeah, I did. Like, so when we're seeing people take those steps of obedience and they're like continuing to do that, then, um, they're moving towards Jesus, you uh -huh. know, and it's, it's kind of like, a, it's not like a linear thing. It's more of a moving towards Jesus. And you can, depending on where you're at, some people can be mature believers. Um, and they've only been a Christian two years. Uh -huh. And there's someone who's been a Christian 20 years and is not that mature uh -huh. a believer because they're not moving towards Jesus. They're right. just in their own little, you know, space. And so, uh -huh. you know, we don't have a, we don't have a set like, you know, line where, okay, now this person's a disciple because they did all this stuff. It's more about just seeing heart transformation, seeing them move towards Jesus and then seeing them excited and being like, yeah, I'm ready. I want to disciple someone else. Uh -huh. And then they start meeting and they, we start seeing, transformation happen in the other person's heart because of discipleship. And so um, uh -huh. it's more about just seeing people get their lives transformed and their hearts transformed on a continuous basis where we see that disciples are being made. Yeah, I think that's good. I would put a, a challenge out for you. This is uh, from Max Barnett via John Allison. He said, uh, until your disciples disciple is making a disciple, you haven't made a disciple. Exactly. So, or maybe yeah. you, say you haven't made a mature disciple because in one sense, like, I mean, if you're moving towards Jesus, you are now a disciple, yeah. but you, yeah. you haven't, haven't fully matured in that maybe. Yet. Yeah. And maybe we never completely do, but yeah. And that's something we definitely are looking like, we're like, okay, yeah, we have a hundred people in discipleship, but how many generations of disciples do we have? And that's kind of what we're looking at. And so like right now we have, like 13 people that are in like third generation discipleship okay. relationships. Okay. And so those are more of the numbers that we get excited about. Those are more of the kind of numbers that we're yeah. pushing towards is because we want to see generational discipleship happen. Yeah. Cause ultimately you got to get there. What yeah. at this point in time, how many mature disciple makers do you think you have in the church? Like people who are 
they don't necessarily have it all figured out, but they're very intentional about it. Yeah. I would say probably out of the hundred people in our one-on-ones, I would say we probably have at least 70 that I would say, you know what, they're not, you know, they're, they don't have it all yet, but they are, they're making disciples. They are wanting to meet, they're obeying God Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, they're allowing God to work in their lives to, to uproot sin and, and, and they're continuing to, to be hungry for that and continuing to be hungry for the change. And I mean, we have, I have a waiting list of people who are want to disciple someone ah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And I'm nice like, problem. okay guys, like, yeah, it's great. And I'm like, okay, there's some new people coming into church, but let's not overwhelm them just yet. Like I promise I'll match you as soon as I, you know, they've been ah. there for a little bit. And, but I was like, but you can go disciple. I was like, do you know anyone at work that you can disciple yeah. or you have any other friends? Like, <laughs> Who's our in your sphere? Yeah. yeah. So, but it's been cool to hear stories. People say, Oh yeah. Like I'm discipling my friend from work using our stories. And they're like, Oh, is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's totally fine. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And if your numbers are right there. Yeah. I think you're like, you're probably on the brink of an explosion, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. Like how many, how many churches of 200, 400, 800, yeah. how many of them have yeah. the, Active disciple makers. Yeah, and yeah. some of those. And it's very. I mean, to some extent, if they can't go get their own disciple yet, they're still yeah. in. A, they're still in a process, uh, and that's not yeah. bad. It's it's it's, yeah. it's it's a maturing yeah. growth. Yeah, but that's that's pretty huge. Yeah. Uh, how so? You've been at it, I guess, nearly four years. Three three to four years. Um, in, I've in actually been in this position about two and a half years. Almost two and a half years. years. Okay. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So what what have you been doing to try to move? the church as a whole towards this. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about I'm it assuming all the time. It didn't start out um, this no, uh, we definitely push it in everything. Um, you know, all of our, we have what we call discipleship environments. And so Sunday services, teams, groups, and our one-on-ones are all discipleship environments. And we talk about discipleship in all of those environments. And like, mm-hmm. this is a way through, this is a way to get discipleship. This is a way to disciple someone. And then our pastor just talk. I mean, he's like, this is our secret sauce. Like, this is what we do to grow and to multiply is we make disciples and we do it in a one-on-one intentional one-on-one way. And uh-huh. we have a way that people can learn how to do it and it can be reproducible and easy for them. Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, we just started talking about it and basically we're like, if you're not going to be comfortable with discipleship and one-on-one, you're probably not going to be comfortable at our church because it is now in the DNA of what we do. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you're going to probably, if you've been there long enough, you're going to be expected to be in a discipleship relationship Uh and you're going to feel it. If you're not, you're going to feel a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. What uh, now you talk about a lot about one-on-one and I like to ask Mm -hmm. this question because different people Mm -hmm. have different opinions. Why one-on-one as opposed to one-on-twelve or, you know, like yeah. as opposed to the small group? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we have small groups, so we, we believe that, you know, that exception can happen. But there's something about being in a one-on-one where you have, we say proximity in, increases accuracy. Mm-hmm. And so being in a one-on-one, you have more of that proximity to the person because they're more likely to open up about mm-hmm. struggles, sin struggles or things like that. And then with the one-on-one, it's also just more relational because you have that relational equity with that person to be able to say, you know what, like 
this is a, like, I see what, you know, that you're sinning here and, you know, uh -huh. maybe God doesn't want you to do that <laughs> or, you know, or, Hey, you know, I know God told you to do that, but you haven't done it yet. Like, uh -huh. how can I help you? And it just, one, it's less overwhelming for the person that's getting discipled, but it's also less overwhelming for the person discipling because, you know, everyone's busy. Uh -huh. <laughs> Everyone has families or, you know, 40 hour week jobs. And so, you know, having one person that they can invest in um, and then, you know, having, having someone that they're intentionally investing in, in that one-on-one, -on -one, I think is a little less intimidating for people because they feel like, yeah. okay, like I can do this with one I person uh -huh. and then, oh, okay, this person's okay. You know, I'm going to, I'll take someone else now and do one-on-one -on -one with someone else now. And so, um, yeah, it's mainly just about the whole intimacy and like being in the proximity because you're more likely to um, meet with someone one-on-one -on -one than you are if there's like 12 other people coming and mm -hmm. it's easier to meet when you don't have to coordinate 12 other okay. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think, I don't know what I, I oscillate back and forth between them. Uh, like right mm -hmm. now I have one guy I'm specifically really intentionally discipling mm -hmm. and, and we both drive 30 minutes to be able to meet, you know, it's only, mm -hmm. it's only so many people you can do. Yep. For. Yep. Um, and then there's another group. Uh, we have a Bible study at our house. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that same level of intentionality, but there's yep. also things um, like every few weeks we're getting into this of like, I have a different person lead and I teach them how to mm -hmm. lead. Mm -hmm. um, there's also opportunities to give yep. them the serving training, practical yep. hands on. Yep. That you don't necessarily get into one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. And I don't know what the perfect balance is yeah. except Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and that's why we have, I mean, that's why we do have small groups that are, mm -hmm. you know, like eight to six to eight people that has a leader that trains someone else to lead and things like that. Uh -huh. and, and discipleship happens there. That's why we call them discipleship environments. Cause we're like in every place at our church that you're going to be a part of, you're going to get discipled. You mm -hmm. know, we just have one-on-ones as an intentional like arm of that because so many churches don't have that. So many churches just have small group or just have, you know, teams, but they don't have an intentional way one -on -one for just to, yeah, to disciple someone. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I know I have a lot of friends that have a very strong belief that that's, that's a missing element and needs to be there. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I don't disagree. And even if you disciple as a group, I think you still have to have those breakouts where it's like, yep. You and I need to talk so that we can deal with this. Mm -hmm. How many, yep. how many people are you personally discipling? I want the short answer. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, currently I have three, I've had, I'm on like three currently, but then like, there's been, you know, probably six in the past, you know, like, uh -huh. um, through this process. And then out of those, like, they're all discipling other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of them was actually really cool. One of them wasn't a believer when I started discipling her. We spent a year going through the scriptures, going through the stories, going through the word. And eventually she was like, okay. Her step of obedience was to ask God to help her open her heart to him. And I was like, oh. that is a great step of obedience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she did. And she did it. And she, you know, we did an altar call. Very rarely we do those at church. And she stood, we did one and she stood up and said, yes, I believe this. Oh, yeah. And I want to, you know, I, I'm in. And so that was really awesome. Cause I'm like, see, I was like, you can disciple someone that's not a believer and they can still like, and she's like, this is part of what it is to be a Christian. Like she knows nothing different. 
Uh-huh. except for discipleship yeah she's and so it's dark yeah so it's been really cool to see that and then it's really cool to see other people like oh yeah i want to disciple or i'm going to disciple this person i'm like okay she's like i can't meet with you right now i'm like that's fine you go disciple i will find someone else like <laughs> and make disciples so yeah so what do you tell like you're doing three right now and you're the mm-hmm. minister of disciple making yeah what do you tell what do you tell the person who has like i got a 40 hour 50 hour yeah. I mean, you're in California, mm-hmm. San Francisco. Maybe you have yeah. 70, 80 yeah. But what do you yeah. tell that person that's like, well, I'm busting my tail at work. I got a family, yeah. three young kids, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, we, talk, we ask them, you know, Jesus says to make disciples. How are you making disciples? Like, mm-hmm. what in what areas of your life are you making disciples? Are you making disciples at work? If you're not making disciples at work, you know, it should be like disciple making is, is a command God gave us and it's a priority. You know, are you making disciples out of your kids? Yeah. You know, what area of life are you making disciples? If you're not, then this, we're going to challenge you. We're going to push you and to make this a priority and we can help you do that. But for the most part, people and we're like, and you can do a phone call. You can do, you know, the Skype. Um, you can do a coffee shop, but I'm like, just give up an hour every two weeks. And we're like, we promise you it will change your life. And so just allowing them to, you know, be like, it's not, it's not a large time commitment right now, you know, Mm -hmm. and people are starting it and then they're like, oh, and they start making it a priority because they realize they're like, it's changing my job. It's changing my family just because Uh, I'm in, you know, doing this. uh, So, yeah. And when people taste it, it's easier to see. Yeah, sure. What do you do now? Like you got people, they're beginning to make disciples on their own. What are you guys as, mm-hmm. as a church, as a, as leaders in there? How are y'all supporting that? Mm-hmm. What kind of ongoing stuff for yeah. them? So, and again, I think, what are you, what are you yeah. teaching them after you've done, mm-hmm. you've done the 15 stories, where are you, yeah. where are you helping them so, go from there? I mean, one thing we're going to start, we've kind of, you know, done a, a poor job on and we're going to, you know, um, in our next, so we have a, we have a monthly intro to discipleship class that kind of introduces people to discipleship, what it is, how we do it. And then we have quarterly like meetings where everyone who's in a discipleship relationship comes together and we kind of do a training and encouragement and we listen to stories of people. And then the next Disciple one, really, and yep, both. And so we're going to okay. really try mm-hmm. to encourage them now to be like at the very beginning of the discipleship relationship, like our goal is to make, for that, for the person you're discipling to disciple someone else. Like that's the goal and make that uh-huh. clear from the very beginning of the discipleship relationship that, you know what, like you don't have to be an expert in the Bible to disciple someone, right? You just have to uh-huh. be able to ask the hard questions. What was, what did God tell you to do? And did you do it? Did you obey Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so we're really trying to going to really push that and be like, look, from the, make the set that expectation from the beginning that you know what you know yeah. even if we don't finish the 15 stories you're ready to disciple someone you can disciple someone and really like set that expectation so when they are done with 15 stories it's not like oh i'm not ready i'm not ready like yes you're ready <laughs> you can mm-hmm. do this yeah and you know and obviously they have ongoing meetings they're just not as frequent because we want them to be discipling someone else and meeting more frequently with their disciplee so we do have another like 15 stories through the book of James that they can do, but we really want them to, after the 15 stories, like, okay, now you go do this with someone else. 
and I'm going to go uh-huh. find someone else to do the 15 stories with so that they can go find someone else, uh-huh. you know? So we really want to encourage yeah. them to not just be like, okay, like I just want to be a discipler or a disciple forever. Like, no, uh-huh. you can, Feed me yeah, some more. Like, uh-huh. you can do this. Like there's so many other discipleship environments at our church that you can get involved in. And this is, you know, you don't have to be the expert. Just, just be willing to meet and be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and read, pray, obey, and you can do it. So, yeah, you can. What if if you were talking to if there was somebody and they're in a church, guy or girl on staff, not on staff, but they they want their church to move more towards mm-hmm. disciple making. Yeah. Maybe somebody that's at least in some sort of leadership or influence. Yeah. The the guy that's just brand yeah. new there and has no relationships. How do you, what would you tell them to start? How would you have them begin? I mean, honestly, I think some of the most inspiring, like obviously if the great commission's not inspiring, (laughs) I was like, some of the most inspiring things we've heard is just telling the stories of God in people's lives and being able to share, like, this is what God did. So just start discipling someone and then share the stories of people talk about what God is doing in your life as you disciple, talk about what God is doing in that person's life and people will get on board. They're going to catch the, you know, it's going to be contagious for them and they're going to catch it. And they're going to be like, Oh yeah. Like I want to see God do that in my life. or I want to see God do that in someone else's life. So it's really just like, just start doing it and then share stories about it. Uh huh. Yeah. Stories are pretty captivating and it's hard to argue with, with a, uh, at least a reliable person. Right that shares a story. It's kind of hard to argue with that. And I know at least in like books I read biographies or whatever, if there's a story that captures my attention, I should definitely listen to what the rest of this guy has to say. There's some story. That's cool. Well, if people wanted, you mentioned right before we started that if you had, there's resources they can get to, there's a website. Yeah. Why don't you tell them to me and I'll put them all in the show notes. So we have our whole discipleship process, our whole, Every, like, we have half page, like, handouts that we give to all of our disciples and disciplers. It has the stories, questions, resources. It's all on the movement.church slash discipleship. The movement.church slash discipleship. Yep. It's all on there. And, like, all of our resources are there for people to use. And hopefully, you know, um, it's obviously we know it's not the end. Of, it's not a silver bullet for discipleship. <laughs> right. But it is like, like, but it's worked for us, and it's a simple thing. And if people just need a place to start, it's a great place to start. And and it's a it's tool. It's a tool, yeah. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. hammer, sometimes you need a screwdriver, exactly. but at least start start with yes. this this tool. And when you need exactly, one, you can ask somebody exactly. and find God will lead you to another one. Exactly. But it helps as opposed to just starting with yes. a stick. You know, let's start yes. you with a hammer. For sure. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, well, I'm super. I'm super grateful just to get to catch up and yeah. hear what all uh, God's doing there and uh, grateful for you to be on the podcast. Any last thing, what, any last thing you'd throw out to him? I guess my only thing is like, if you're not making a disciple, then you're not doing what Jesus told you to do, but you can start. It's so easy and it's so rewarding and don't ever feel like you're inadequate because God equips you to do it. And you just open the Bible, read the Bible together and then obey. And, you know, God's going to lead you. Um, but don't, don't be intimidated to do it. Just start doing it and you're going to be blessed. And you're going to, I mean, that's how you're going to be a disciple yourself is you're going to learn from the person you're discipling. It's going to make you, you know, 
better, you know, Christian, better disciple. And so this thing, just start, just take the leap. Yeah. Excellent. Hey, I lied. So one last question. Uh, Earlier you said asking the hard questions, like start that off. How do you find the people that are being discipled? What is y'all's church's experience? How do people respond to being asked the hard questions? Well, um, it's, it's hard. One of our church's values and we, we live by our values and it's very evident in our, you know, if people attend our church, they're going to say like one of the top values that we, that they see is um, selfless transparency, um, truth telling over image protecting. And we're mm-hmm. very open about that. And we tell people like, if you're not comfortable with this, you're going to be very uncomfortable because we are very transparent here. And just people coming in, sensing that they sense it from pastor Edward as he preaches, they sense it in our, you know, in our interactions. Um, so they're starting to be open to that, like, okay, I'm going to have to share something hard, you know, or I'm going to have to say something hard. And, uh-huh. but it's more like just about, we tell people it's okay. It's okay for you to come in and not be okay. It's not okay for you to stay that way. Like we want mm-hmm. you to, this church is for broken people. It's not okay to stay broken because Jesus healed, yeah. you know, and restores. And so, um, you know, we just tell people like, it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And you're going to have to ask the Holy spirit to guide you. But once you have those hard conversations, it's so rewarding when people are like, thank you for telling me that, you know? And for the most part, uh, we haven't had anyone just get, we've had people get upset because they're like, ah, oh, I don't know, but um, we've never had anyone leave. <laughs> we've never had anyone get out of a discipleship relationship because of those questions that are always like, okay, yeah. Uh, like no one's ever told me that before, or I've never had an experience where someone said, how are you obeying Jesus or calling you out in your sin, you know? And so mm-hmm. we've just had the experience that we make it a common thing. Like from, from the get go, mm-hmm. you're going to know we're selfless transparency and you're going to be asked hard questions. And if you're not comfortable with that, you may not be comfortable at our church, <laughs> but for the most uh-huh. part, people are very like, okay, like I want to, I want to be known by someone and this is how people know uh-huh. me and see me by um, asking me these questions and me answering honestly. Yeah. And you're not, I'm oh, sorry. I got more <laughs> questions. You're not, you're not Bible belt. You're, Sa- yeah. you're San yep, Francisco. San- Oakland. Are, Oakland. You, are most of your, are your, most of your people, you know, cultural Christians? Are they coming in from nothing? Yeah. We have a mix. It's we have of, a mix. My challenge in the Bible belt yeah. is people are yeah. like, eh, I'm kind of doing it. Whatever. Exactly. We have a mix. We have people who have grown up in church. We have people who have been what we call de-churched. So they're kind of like, oh, uh, mm-hmm. like they had a bad church experience. Um, and then we have unchurched people. You know, we've had several people come in recently who have no church experience. They just walked in the doors for the first time, you know, and heard about That's Jesus cool. for the first time. And so, you know, uh-huh. the majority of our people, I would say, are probably more on the de-churched side. So they've had very bad church experiences, Mm -hmm. but they are, you know, they're realizing we need something in our life. Our life is empty and they're looking for Mm -hmm. something. And so they come back to church and God gets a hold of them and, you know, they're like, okay, this is what I was looking for. So, um, but you know, yeah, it's a, it's a little different than the Bible because we're working with people who, who don't have preconceived you know, notions of what church is supposed to be. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, sounds yeah. great. 
yeah. God bless on you guys and your work. Thank you. And uh, I'll put those those links to awesome. y'all's church in the in the website and uh, or on the show okay. notes. We'll see how it, we'll see how things develop. And uh, if you have this explosion that it sounds to me like it's probably yeah. coming, I'd love to have you awesome. here and tell us about. It. Sounds yeah. good. Thanks, James. You're welcome. Thank you. Man, I hope you guys really enjoy that as much as I did. I think that's awesome what they're doing. And I encourage you guys to check out their stuff and see what you can do to get your church at that level of intentional one-on-one disciple making. So that's great. Next week, I have, if you'll believe it, an even better interview. And I only say that because I love stories of how God redeems people's life. And this story is an amazing story. Next week, we're going to be hearing from... A gentleman, and it ties into the story that you just heard. So listen up, and I will see you next week.